0: You are now listening to Churchwork Orange. Welcome to the Churchwork Orange podcast, and we yeah. also have a theme song. I'll put it right here.
1: <laughs> uh, who are you?
0: Who am I? That's a good question. I am Reverend. I am Pastor Rebecca. Reverend Rebecca. <laughs> Is it weird that I'm like I've been ordained for four years now, and I'm still like feel like I'm in preschool, being like I'm a reverend. I want to be a reverend when I. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I don't know that struggle. I don't know that life. Your really? girl has no title. Well, it's just like I think we could all probably universally like experience the imposter syndrome. Sure. Of like, I don't. I don't. I don't know enough to do this job. But yeah, I mean, music director. Yeah. That's still a crazy that's title. Pretty intense title. Considering we have. No, we have an inactive choir. You're it. You are the music program. (laughs) So, like, music director I feel like is this title that it exceeds beyond my workload right now. Um, we'll we'll demote you back to music facilitator. I'd be fine with that, honestly. No, I mean, it's kind of nice, though, because I feel like in my last church, I was very much doing music directory things and, like, never had that title, so, like, gotcha. I don't think that if I were to, like, leave this place or, like, two things would happen. We would get a choir... And then I would become more of a music director. I would step more into my music director role. Or, plot twist, I would go to a different church to be their music director if that ever happens in my life. I don't think I'm unqualified or incapable of being a music director. Because I've led choirs before. Sure. But, like, right now I'm not living up to, like, what people would expect. Yeah. Like, same thing at the design firm. Like, I'm a director of communications. And I do manage the day-to-day operation of this business. But this business is very very small and there are not that many people on the team. So I feel like my titles in life it's like exceed the <laughs> scope of my workload a bit. Yeah. Like on a serious note, like as a woman and especially as a woman who is taking up space in a predominantly male field I A being a Reverend. It's almost like I have to claim that title even though it kind of makes me uncomfortable. I have to claim that title. In order to claim the call that God has put on my life. Because there are so many people in this world who kind of refuse to acknowledge that. Mm. Um, and so it's almost like I have to call myself reverend um, just to take up that space. Just to yeah. say, no, I am. Like, yeah. This is who I am. This is the call in my life. I went to seminary too. Me right. speaking as you. I personally, Chelsea, did not go to seminary. <laughs> not only did i go to seminary i am in a doctor doctoral program which also makes me feel like i'm not old enough to do this like i'm not old enough to be a doctor (laughs) No, i think that's cool so when you obtain doctorship are you gonna drop reverend no No, you're gonna be reverend doctor oh reverend doctor reverend dr rebecca nice blah 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 yeah Tack them all on. Tack That's when you out. also yeah. get these random. Like, if you were to get a personal training certificate, on top of that, you could be Reverend Doctor Rebecca Tucker remotely NASM certified. Like. Yeah, I just <laughs> got. I just got a certificate in diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Nice. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, it was a really interesting program. It was. It was actually kind of sad, because it was all about like people have different life experiences than you. You should be respectful of that, and it's almost just like did I really need to pay for somebody to tell me that? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Like, sometimes you do need to- Yeah. I feel like it's always like, we need those reminders though. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Especially when it's just like, it's so easy to forget that like, not everybody has my life experience. Mm. Not everybody has a middle-class white American dream. Um, and it's just like, it's obvious when you say it, but it's like, you have to keep reminding yourself of that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, a, I know that processed food is probably not good for my health, but like, am I consciously making decisions to exit processed food in my life? Not really, right. right? So I feel like there's always a difference between something that's logical and making a conscious effort to incorporate it into your life. So I think like in that instance, the DEI is probably very worthwhile. We we have finished our For the Beauty of the Earth series, which I thought went really well. Yeah, I was vibing. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun to, like, take those five verses of that really well-known song and kind of break it down into, like, different sermons. And this is what this could be applied to in our lives. Yeah, I think it was cool because from, uh, like, congregational participant standpoint I felt really engaged more in this sermon series than I think in the ones past maybe because I'm talking to you about your sermons all the time now yeah. um but I also think it's like we're gonna sing every verse of the song we're gonna sing it for five weeks this is intentional because I have five sermons about this song yeah. uh and I just think that that was a really cool way of getting very familiar with the concept of like for the beauty of the earth which was cool so yeah. It's almost like one of those songs that's so well-known. It's like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm, Yeah. But then when you really think about it, it's like, oh, this is a really beautiful and meaningful song. Yeah. I've also changed up my preaching style a little bit in the past, in the recent months since we've come back in person. Since we have so few people in worship, we're averaging about 30 right now. Um, So we're about half of what we were pre-pandemic. So I've, so instead of preaching at the pulpit... I've come in, like, we still have a chancel, and so I've come in front of the pulpit and in front of the table, and I'm kind of closer to the congregation, and I'm not hidden behind a pulpit. And I feel like my preaching style has become more conversational. Like, I'm still monologuing uh, for 10-ish minutes, um, but I try to kind of pose more questions and kind of have some, like, I'll call out members of the congregation occasionally. Um, like, the other day I was talking about farming, and we have a farming family, and so I made a comment about, like, how bees help farms, and I was like, right, Ted? And Diane, is not this right? Like, I, what I'm saying? And they just looked at me like, uh, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. Keep going.
0: Move on, please. I love it. I think especially the time for children that has become very casual, and yeah. I like that a lot. I love that my children jump up and... It's like their time to shine. It's like I'm gonna go stand with mom now. Yeah, <laughs> it's cute. Yeah, I th- yeah I like our I like our vibe. I've started comfortably wearing jeans. Yeah, I've been wearing jeans. I would say I've been dressing incredibly casually. And at first, I was like, maybe this isn't a good idea. Well, and I, yeah, I think COVID has like just thrown so many wrenches into church life that we just have to be comfortable with this like idea of it's just, it's new and it's different and sometimes it's scary. Um, and so if like, if the only way you can come to church is if the only way you can like get out of bed and come to church is if you are wearing comfortable clothes, then like that's totally cool. And I think that's a really great segue. Yeah. (laughs) To our new sermon series, which is living and dying in Christ. Um, Because we are in a time where it really seems like the institutional church is dying. It's not seems like it is. The institutional church is dying. And I feel like COVID is kind of like the last nail Mm. in the coffin. Um, You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was like this idea of, oh, the pandemic is going to drive people back to church because people are looking for answers and da da da. But I have not seen that. Mm. come to fruition yeah um there's not a church that i know of that's not struggling in one way or another because of covid and if that and if your church is not struggling like that cool awesome like i'm really i'm really happy for you i just don't know about you right in (laughs) our immediate experiences and our immediate circle it's not something that we've seen yeah i also i agree i think before when i first came to orange i remember having this conversation so we were not in a pandemic this was like fall of 20 it's like 19 that was pre-pandemic right it was. i so i came to this church fall of 2019 and i remember having a conversation with a member of this church ralph shout out to ralph and i was <laughs> i was talking about how as a young person i Expect the pendulum to swing back into people wanting church people mm-hmm. wanting the sense of community people not wanting to feel siloed because that's where I was I had stopped attending church pretty regularly and was feeling this void and experienced that in my Friends of all walks of life and religious backgrounds this is it something that was a fruitful conversation was talking about the value of church as a community And that alone, I think, is incredibly appealing to young people and young families. And then the pandemic happened, Mm -hmm. and I I no longer, it's hard for me to feel optimistic like that. Like, I, I do think that younger people, or people in general, would agree that some sense of community is important, but now with the pandemic, I just feel like, People are... Like, I, I'm not... It's hard for me to be optimistic that church is that community now. Right. Well, and I just... It's just, like, everybody is so exhausted. Mm, yep. You know, it's just, like... For example, today is... This will probably date our podcast, but that's okay. Today was the first day of school. And so I have three kids, and two of my kids are in private school because they're in pre-K. They're in private school. Um, Like, I'm not a private school... Person, (laughs) but they're in pre-K, so I have to take them one place, and then I have to take my elementary school age child to another school, and my spouse is a teacher, so he goes to a third school, and so it's like coordinating all that, and then I have to come to work. And by the time I get to work, I'm like, I am absolutely worn out. Yeah. Um, and that's like that doesn't even necessarily have to do with the pandemic, but it's just like on top of all of that, normal stress is now this pandemic stress. And so it's like, if I can take Sunday off, of course I'm going to take Sunday off. Because yeah. it's like the one of the only days that is not already called for. Plus, now we're living in a time where the 9 to 5 Monday through Friday work week like just doesn't exist. Sure. For hardly anybody. And so sometimes people work on Sundays or that's the only day they have family days. So it's like if I have to choose between sitting in a church for an hour and a half or whatever or spending an hour and a half like taking it easy and having brunch and or going to soccer with my kids like the choice seems pretty obvious right um yeah i think it's it's from the opposite perspective i don't have kids i'm not tied down i work part-time i think not having anything is also challenging too because it's almost this like This exhaustion of just being alive, you know, like, it's hard for me if I don't have I don't have I work remotely. uh, So I don't really have to be anywhere except for church on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And that I think also makes it hard in its own way where it's like, I get to vibe in my house. Com- comfy cozily all the time, and it's almost like not having to be somewhere or like not having an obligation is appealing, you mm-hmm. know, and oh, I yeah. also think a lot of church musicians especially went through this in the pandemic, where um I was very fortunate to be able to stay on as staff, and I'm incredibly grateful and lucky, but uh I know a lot of my colleagues were not as fortunate. And we're furloughed, laid off, what have you, during the pandemic. And now the idea of coming back to church for church musicians was really hard because it is a big commitment. Having When we go from not having hardly anything in our week at all to having to report somewhere once a week diligently, twice a week diligently that's a lot of obligation coming out for anybody, coming out of a year where we had no obligations, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, like, that's a mindset shift. Um, Yeah, and it it is pretty challenging. Yeah, so we're talking about... So that brings us to the living and dying in Christ because we are in a time of death. I mean, the institutional church as we know it is in the process of dying. And I think that if we um are in denial about that then it's just like just going to drag the process out longer and and as i'm sure many of us have experienced um a long drawn, drawn out death is just not something that we would wish upon anybody or anything we love yes death is painful and yet as christians we believe in the resurrection we believe that death is not the end and so this sermon series is going to be focusing a lot about what it means to die trusting in the resurrection. So our first our first um, sermon is going to be on uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16-21, which is um, everyone in Christ is a new creation, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. We're going to be focusing on what it means to let the old life die. Trusting that there is going to be resurrection. And just acknowledging that, yes, death is painful. And death is something that we all have some sort of fear around. um, And yet it's part of all of our lives. Whether we admit it or not, we're all... Nobody's going to get out of this life alive. um, But we trust that the new life is coming. That the resurrection is coming. Or is is come. I've been really... (laughs) Fortunate to have these really interesting sermon illustrations just kind of drop in my lap, which if you're a pastor, you're constantly thinking about. Oh, this could be a sermon illustration. I've just happened to have some really interesting ones, so uh, something you should look forward to. This really kind of gross sermon illustration. Hit me. (laughs) Hit me with your gross sermon illustration. Uh, We were watching this fungus documentary. This documentary about fungi. Okay. And there was this scene where it's a time lapse of a mouse decomposing and becoming a mushroom
1: or wow. a bunch of
0: and it was the most unsettling thing i have ever yes. experienced and this is like one of the times where i really really wish we had the ability to to have like screens in screen. the sanctuary <laughs> so that everybody can experience this really unsettling if you have screens in your sanctuary do you uh present mice decomposing <laughs> we want to know how would you incorporate that I mean, it's, like, 30 seconds long, but I'm just watching this with my children being, like, oh my god, <laughs> what did we all just witness? Right. You can't come back from that. No, it's, it's like, a before and after. Before the mouse decomposition, right. after the mouse. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about that and just how it's, like, yeah, this was really unsettling, but that's kind of what death is, right? Like, death is this really unsettling experience because, like, it's, like death is just such a mystery. It's like nobody knows what's, what happens when you die. I mean, you can do the, all the medical stuff, blah, 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 but nobody knows like the moment you die, what happens. We have faith that kind of tells us what we believe happens, but our faith is not, you can't prove it, right? So it's like, we don't know. Um, so <laughs> it's like this this really unsettling experience but through that incidentally experience, there's new life. There's this mushroom, these mushrooms that, um, you know, are part of the sustainability of this forest or wherever it was, this ecosystem. Um, and so it's, yeah, the old life is gone. This mouse has dissolved. Literally, I watched it dissolve, but has become something new. Like, out of, out of this mouse has come the mushrooms. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Mice mushroom. That would be a name for a band. Mouse right. Ah, oh. no mousetrap from Parks and Rec. Never seen it. You've never seen Parks and Rec. I couldn't get through it. Really? I don't know. I'm weird about TV I mean, in general, fine. but I'm just Parks and Rec. I'm gonna get a lot of flack for that. You can edit that out. That's fine. Yeah, hide my secret. <laughs> Your shame. My shit- <laughs> My shame is that I could not get into Parks and Rec. Yeah. I've confessed. We're my spouse and I are rewatching Thirty Rock right now, and we're just like halfway through season one, and I'm like. Is that the, oh, are you, are you, the, the look on your face, this is not YouTube, we talked about this the last time, but are you expressing that it didn't age well? It did not age well. Yikes! Yeah, is, is Thirty Rock this, like, detective show? <laughs> no, it's Tina Fey, um, and it's, like, basically a parody of Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay, or, never mind. Yeah. What's this, what's the detective show I'm thinking of? I have no idea. Blink 5000. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> No, I've never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've heard
1: good-ish things. I haven't heard.
0: Keith really likes it. I don't know what that says about Keith. What's his name? Andy... What's his name? Sandberg. Andy Sandberg. Uh, I, I could take him like a little bit at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen... Let us know if you've seen 30 Rock or Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine. And I apologize if you're a huge fan of 30 Rock. I liked it the first time around and we're watching it through again and I'm like... It's kind of like Friends. Like I watched Friends. Yep. Does not when age well. I, it, and I'm just like watching it again like... The what? Office does not age does well. Does not age well. And that's supposed to be pushing satire to the limits. Yeah. It Does not age does well. Not. Does not. Yeah i'm gonna be really sad let's see what shows do i watch that are like in real time that are not reruns i'm trying to think not much i don't i hardly (laughs) watch any tv but i I am recently obsessed with blacklist have you seen blacklist no it's really really dark don't recommend uh but i also am obsessed with it it's a crime show Ah. and it has seven seasons uh, So far, I'm in season one. It hasn't been problematic for any, like, social reasons yet. Yeah. So that's exciting. But I think that's also interesting, too. It's like, going back ten years, watching shows, right. and finding out which ones were not problematic. Right, because these shows are not that old, right? Like, no. these shows were within like, like, our lifetime. Not only our lifetime, but within our, like... Ability to watch these shows. Sure, sure, like, yeah. like I was not a child when The Office came out. Yeah, like, yeah, I was in high school when The yeah. Office came out. Um, oh, I know what show I recently watched season two of that I really enjoyed was Never Have I Ever. Mm, I don't know the show. It's on Netflix. It's Mindy Kaling who oh, is love on The her. Office. Yeah. yeah, she's great, and it's about these like these teenagers and just their trials and tribulations of high school. Yikes. But it's like written in a way that I as a 30 something year old woman don't feel creepy watching. Nice. Like I watched some of these like the Outer Banks and I'm watching this and I'm like this is so uncomfortable to watch as an adult of like these teenagers like having yeah, relations. <laughs> <laughs> and like I feel like such a creep watching this. But like teenagers never- knowing each other. Right. <laughs> in the biblical sense Yeah Yikes Yeah I'm spared of a lot of this Because I I generally don't watch TV at all Blacklist right now It's an exception Because I I've probably only seen two shows All the way through I think that probably Is Friends in the office Yeah Everything else Nothing And it's yeah And it's just sad that those Did not age well Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is such a good point. Yeah. Mm. It's almost like they have to die for new life to come. Did it!
1: Did it! it made the connection.
0: Wow. (laughs) That was impressive. Yeah, so take us through. So, okay, so that's what we're talking about this week. And then next week, we're going to travel down through John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, which is the story of Nicodemus talking to Jesus saying, what do I need to do to get eternal life? And Jesus says, you have to be born again and we're just going to be talking about what, what does that mean to be born again? Because that was the big question in Nicodemus, right? He says like, what am I supposed to do? Like crawl back up into my mom and be born again? And Jesus is just, I can just like imagine Jesus be like, oh my gosh, like learn how to take a metaphor, guys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah, so we're just gonna talk about like, what that means to be born again. Um, and I had a really good illustration and I can't remember what it was. Sometimes, like the imposter syndrome, Thing that we were talking, we didn't, I'm gonna add that in there. Imposter syndrome. Nice. Um, they're just like when I started this job, it was almost just like being born again into this job and being like, I have to figure out how to do this job. Oh, I remember what the sermon illustration was now, tying it into Jesus saying that we have to um, have faith like a child, right? Because like I've never and I've never met a child that like questions. I tell my kids like God is ever. Re- Please edit this to make it make sense. I tell my four-year-olds, God is everywhere, God is in everything. And so my four-year-old's chasing the cat, being like, God, are you in the cat? God, are you in the cat? <laughs> it's nice. hilarious. Um, and the poor cat. I, no, no cats were harmed in <laughs> the making of this sort nice. of illustration. Um, and so just like this idea that like we have to be born again and have that mentality of just like pure trust. And I'm not saying that like we can't question things. But just like that trust that children have of, you know, God is gonna take care of us. God is in this cat and therefore it's gonna be okay. And it, it, circling back to the imposter syndrome, you know, when I started this job, I just felt like so overwhelmed and so unqualified and just kind of like having to be born into this job, trusting that like, God's gonna take care of me. God, like with God, like I can, I can do this job like that it's like god plus me plus god can get it done right or sure something like that um and so you know i have a couple of weeks to kind of flush that out and make it ceremony i have the power of god and anime on my side have you seen that uh i think it's a tiktok i do not do shout TikTok. out to i think it's actually an instagram reel now um shout out to maddie lucy dan i think who Uh, is the creator of this TikTok, but she's talking about, like, feeling very powerful. And she said, I have the power of God and anime on my side. And I just, like, think it's really funny. I don't know. Um, See, I feel the way about TikTok the same way I feel about, like, high school... um, that I was just talking about. Like, I'm just, like, too old. Like, I just, like, I can't be on TikTok and not be a creeper. The only reason I'm on it at all is because I work in social media. It's kind of a necessary evil. Sure. Occasionally, I do find TikToks with strong Vine energy, and then I'm here for it, because I definitely was a product of Vine. Sure. I did enjoy, I've seen a couple of TikToks where it's, like, angels misinterpreting what God yes! has commanded and I really <laughs> enjoy those yeah they're <laughs> so funny yeah those are so good um meteor have you seen that one no oh my goodness um yeah so there's one oh man I'm not gonna do a tough sister there's this girl who's talking to God and she's like oh, God said did you make the dinosaurs meteor like I oh. asked <laughs> and she's like meteor And then he said meteor, and so it's a play on the word, like, meteor, like, beef them up versus meteor, which is, like, cause them all to die. And it ends with her just crying (laughs) and, like, meteor, you know? It's so good. It's so, so good. Like, I really do think, while we're on the topic, though, I have seen enough Vines and TikToks to really want its own award show, right? right? We've got the Oscars... We've got the Golden Globes, but, like, where are the Timeless TikTok Awards at, timeless you know? TikToks, yeah. My favorite one along those same lines was um, God being, like, talking to the angel and being like, did you plan out all the stuff for the 2020s? For 2020? For the 2020s? <laughs> you shoved all of that stuff into <laughs> one year? Bye. And I'm like, I felt that so hard. Yeah, we all feel that deep in our soul. Um, if I can find these, I will link them in the show description because I really feel like if you are not in this this uh if your algorithm has not served <laughs> you these very niche videos, you're probably very, very concerned. Very confused. <laughs> also you if you don't have any idea what TikTok is, like You are that's spared. So yeah. Yeah, you're fine. Don't get it. So the final sermon in the sermon series is going to be about um, 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Um, And it's about how, just how fleeting life is. Mm -hmm. Um, About how, uh, like, the grass die, withers and dies, but the word of God endures. So shout out to another podcast, This American Life, which I feel like is the OG podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Ira Glass. But anyway, we, uh, we went on va- my family and I went on vacation and we were listening to this American life just episode after episode. we nice. drive for six hours it's what like- else are you gonna do? right And I, I have to go back and try to find the exact story because I can't remember the exact story but what I do remember from it is um, like they're talking about death and it's like, what is the point of life if we're all just gonna die? And somebody says the point of life. Is to help each other get through it, and I'm like, yeah, right, because I just think about this so much, like all of the, and, and I, I fully admit that I have a really comfortable life. Like I am financially just fine, you know, solidly middle class. My kids are healthy. My spouse is healthy and employed. So like I have a really solid and comfortable life. I mean, given that could change in an instant. But I just think about, like, all of the crap that, can I say that on radio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of just, like, all of the crap that so many people have to go through. And, and, like, worldwide, like, I just can't imagine what it's like to wake up and not know, like, am I going to have drinking water today? Mm. Like, am I going to eat today? I just, I don't have that life experience. But I'm so aware that there are so many people who do like, am I gonna go and get like shot today? Mm. I that is not something that I genuinely live in fear of mm. um but there's so many people who do, and it's just like, what is the point of all of this? Yeah, um, and just like the idea of the point of life is to help each other get through like that is so encompassing of loving your neighbor, yeah, right. And it's like maybe my job as a comfortable middle class white woman is to help others get through so that when I'm in my time of need, if, and when I'm in my time of need, I'll have others to help me through. You know, it's just like that symbiotic relationship of loving your neighbor that I just feel like it's so easy to forget when you're in a comfortable middle-class white American setting. Um, But that's not, that's not the reality of so many people. And Yeah, I think we just need to be really aware of that. I would love to have a conversation with like a hospice chaplain Mm. and just how they deal with that on a daily basis. Because that's their job, right? To help, literally help people die. Um, And that's just such such a heavy podcast recommendation for you. Yeah. Criminal. I'll find the episode. Okay. There is an episode on the a really mm, I really should remember her name. She's a nun in New Orleans okay. and she works with people on death row. Wow. And she takes one case at a time and she like that's been her whole ministry is developing close relationships with people on death row, um trying to work in that arena but is like one part of her min- her ministry, but the other part of her ministry is like working to in policy for, Mm, uh, like, incarceration, which I think is is fascinating. And so hospice chaplains have to deal with it um, pretty regularly. Also, this nun who works on Death Row reminded me of that. It's a super great episode of Criminal, uh, and I think you'll enjoy it, and I'll also link it if I can find it. Yeah, we've got a lot of linkage. Yeah. So that's it. That's the... That's gonna... It's a really short sermon series. Just three Sundays um, to get us through August. And we Um, do have a hymn for that series. Oh, we do. Would you like to share it? Yeah. Can you remind me what number it is? 831. There we go. I depend upon your faithfulness. Yeah. This is a really pretty one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, I'm pulling it up on my iPad and... It has blocked the. Yikes. Well, I have a pencil right behind you. (laughs) This is one of those songs that is beautifully provided um, in English and Spanish, um, which is always very exciting to introduce those um, kind of multicultural songs into service. Um, Yeah. Our hymn for this sermon series is 831 I Depend upon Your Faithfulness. And the cool thing about this one. Is that it is one verse, and then so it's we can repeat it as many times as we want, and by the end of it, we'll all be very familiar with it. Yeah. I depend upon your faithfulness. I can journey on, for you are always there. None compares with you, O blessed one. Oh, how great your faithfulness! Yeah. So pretty cool, pretty fun. Uh, yeah, and it does say in these notes. I was like, "Is this a Teze?" Uh, it's not, but it's very similar to Teze. So. We'll probably yeah. vibe with it a couple of times on each Sunday. I'm excited. We, we're going to introduce it next Sunday, and we're actually going to open with it and close with it. Um, so, so that we get a familiarity with it. And it's just a great um, song to just kind of really contemplate. Uh, funny story, last Sunday we sang four songs. We did just the three kind of standard hymns, and then we incorporated a hymn into the sermon... And I was told by my spouse that my children were very confused. That we sang more than three songs. (laughs) Like, we're concerned that we sang more than three songs. I mean, pre-pandemic, we sang several. Several. Which, by the way, this week, we're doing, we're going to bring back. Glory to God whose goodness shines on me. So if you've been missing that, hold on to your hats. I'm sure everyone is just on the seat of their pants. What is that for? Edge of their seat? (laughs) (laughs) This happened to you the last time. You said... When you were talking about Jacob and, uh, t- uh no, Joseph, yeah. wow, I'm sorry. And you were saying, trying to say talk off a ledge, but you said talk down a <laughs> cliff. Because <laughs> I'm really bad at, at, at freezing, apparently. This is so funny. So, I Good think they don't pay me this public speak. Oh my goodness. So, flag by the seat of your pants versus waiting on the edge <laughs> of your seats. This is great. I love this. I mean, I couldn't remember Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I had Blink-182 in my head, too. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a thing. That yeah. is a thing. Blink-182 was <laughs> closer than whatever 5,000 I said earlier. <laughs> I um, but yeah, 80 was cool while we're on it. You yeah. shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There will be shouts of joy, and all the trees of the field will clap will clap their hands. And this is cool, because the second part's got, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands while you go out with joy. Uh, And that was fun. It was an ultimately... People clapped. People did clap. Well, okay. So I did put a plant in the congregation. I walked Keith through this and I said, Keith the The whole point of this song is you gotta clap in those silences, right? And if you don't, like, someone has to start the clap, right? right. This is not even limited to the confines of him eighty. You shall go out with joy. When when there's ever like an open mic night, right? Yeah, someone starts the clap, right? So I told Keith, you gotta be the clap starter. He's like, I'm not that person. I'm like, you well, are today. <laughs> so he did. He started the clap, and people did clap, and. That's what, when you said your kids were confused, I was thinking, were they confused about the clap placement? No, they were just straight up confused about why we're singing more than the three standards. Are they going to (laughs) be ultra confused that we're technically singing two next week? I know, (laughs) well. We're really shaking things up. We're singing the same song twice, and we're adding in a glory to God, and we've started doing the doxology again. So it's just, like, all kinds of music now. Yeah. I think that was a good move, though. It was, like, slowly incorporating things back to normal. Because I feel like when we first came back, we were not doing a Pass of the Peace song. We were not doing doxology. We weren't doing any sort of... The Apostles' Creed. Like, we weren't doing any of that. And I think that that was good. I think it was good to kind of match the cadence of things kind of opening back up. Yeah pre-delta variant. Uh so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting on the road to come, but I am excited that we have like a more robust service that we've been easing into a more robust service. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the delta variant and hopefully we can at least continue meeting in person um, cuz if we have to go if we have to go back online, I think that's going to be harder than the first time around. So, that'll be I agree. I I uh... well, let's sign off. Yeah. So it's yeah, been, it's the, been real. It's been fun. So the next time we do an episode, will be about how this sermon series is going, living and dying in Christ. Yeah. On the flip side. Till next. Excuse me. Till next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.